praise the Lord. Let us pray. Our precious Father, we just want to thank you for the privilege we have again to gather tonight to study your word. We trust you to teach us and to open our eyes and cause your word to have entrance into every hearer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, we are looking at uh, the things that are freely given to us. We were looking at what we were delivered from in our salvation series, what we were delivered from. Now we're looking at what we got that we didn't have before. So 1 Corinthians 2, 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. So what is this spirit doing? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So we are going to look at those things that are freely given to us of God. Freely is a key word you need to watch. You don't buy them. You don't do anything to earn them. It is freely, freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So the things that accompany salvation is what another verse calls it. The things that come to us as a result of our salvation is Hebrews 6, 9. But beloved, we are confident of better things concerning you. Yes, things that accompany salvation. Things that accompany salvation. The things that are freely given to us. These things are being revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. They are the riches of Christ, the blessings of God, the best and richest blessings of God for mankind that God gave us himself. For God so loved the world that gave us Jesus. And Jesus is God. The richest blessing, the richest of heaven's blessings is that God gave us himself. Again, when this truth registered in anybody, there's always a great joy. People who make huge profit in their businesses, who are investors and they make a lot of profits, I don't see that they don't rejoice. Because they know what that extra money does for them. But we have something more than money. Something greater than anything else God has given to man. So when people, when this truth of salvation registers in us, there's always joy. The whole of the Bible where people came in revelation, came into contact with revelation of salvation, it's always accompanied with songs. And some of the songs we sing, really, are in relation to that salvation. Look at David. When David had a revelation of the salvation of man, because David was a prophet to whom God gave a lot of revelations about Christ. So in Psalm 103, from verse 1, listen to David. Blessed, he said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Then he continued, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefit. 
Don't forget what he gave you, what he did for you. What did God do? He says, who forgiveth all thy iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth redemption, thy life from destruction, who crowned thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 5. Who satisfied thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle? And you know when David had revelation, David did, what, did not benefit from this. He wasn't here like we are here now. But he had a, a, an insight. He, he had a revelation. Then he said, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We want to ask how many times we really, really bless the Lord because of all his benefits. The Holy Spirit calls all these works of God great salvation. Great salvation. Now, before we go ahead, we want to look at some of the factors that prevent Christians, many, many, from understanding their salvation or do not even seem to understand it. Number one factor is a focus on the law and sin instead of a focus on Christ. That's number one factor. Growing up as a Christian, all I had preached from the pulpit was about laws and sin because we believe that if you don't preach, preach sin, people will not change. Actually, the reverse is what the scripture teaches. So because we believed it, it was the main message in the pulpit. Growing up as a Christian, never had anybody explain to me about my benefits in Christ. Forget not all his benefits. Never had anybody teach me anything like that. All I had was, you are a Christian, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, you know, shouldn't, we don't wear earrings. We all, that's what I grew up in. Nobody explained to me, forget not all his benefits. I didn't know what. Nobody taught it. So focus on the law and sin is a tragedy. Look at Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. When you focus on law and sin, there is no salvation there. There are no benefits there. There are no benefits, no salvation in the law of Moses, no salvation in teaching about sin, none. Neither is there salvation in any other. It is to be regretted that many are hooked on this. You know you can develop a mental block on an issue. Because change is not easy. To renew the mind is one of the toughest things a man owes himself. 
I told the story about how I went home and I, the pastor first helped me to put something in the village. They, they say when you turn on your, your faucet upstairs, then it increases the pressure automatically and your shower will run. So when I visited the village, it wasn't working. And I called my junior brother, I said, listen, there's no shower. He said, brother, there's water now, we, can, we have bucket. No matter what I told that boy, and now came to a point when I realized that there was a mental block, that he wasn't seeing what I was seeing, he wasn't even understanding what I was saying. Why? Because in Lagos where he lives, they use bucket to bring water. So we talk of shower, shower doesn't register in his mind. So we had this, when I realized that this conversation wouldn't go anywhere because in his mind, there is this mental block. I just left it like that. That's the situation today. A lot of people have religious mental block. That's what the thing Jesus talks about, the seed falling on a, the rock, soil that is rock, mental block, rock, rocky soil. He said the seed can produce. You can't see salvation in the law. You can't see salvation in sin. So those who focus on the law and sin, they don't see salvation. There's no salvation in any other. It's not there. So how can a, a, a person who goes to church, all they preach is the law and sin, how will he see and understand the great salvation? How? It's not there. You know what? They see, they see condemnation, they see death, now they see more sin. They don't see justification. It's not there. The law does not justify anybody. Sin, talking about sin does not justify anybody. It condemns you and shows you more of what sin is. There is no salvation in that. Romans 3.20, therefore by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in the sight, in his sight. People read this and still cling to that because of that mental block. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. All that the law, we don't do this, we do this, teaches you is what is wrong. That's all. It does not reveal salvation. All it teaches you, this is wrong. If you do this, this is wrong. This is sin. Okay? And this is sin. You can know it all you want to. But there is no salvation in that. It won't save you. There is no salvation in any other. It produces condemnation. Because now you are telling me, you don't do that, and I do that, oh my God, because I don't see a way out. Because those things are not teaching me salvation. Jesus is the way out, but it's not being taught to me. It's mentioned, do evangelism, preach Christ, let them come. But Christ is our life. Second Corinthians 3, 7. But if the ministration of death, that is what people get when they focus on the law. The Bible calls it the ministration of death. The ministration of death. 
It doesn't give life. But if the administration of the written and the engraving in stone, so we know what he's talking about is the law of Moses that God gave him. And any more laws that people can add. Ministration of death. You can't feed on that and know salvation. You will only know death. And it comes to verse 9. He said, for if the ministration of condemnation, that's what it brings. The Holy Spirit said, therefore, by the deeds of the law, which we were being taught, there shall no first be, first be justified. But that's what I was being taught. And they say, hey, we need to teach you sin, so you stop. Can you see the scripture is teaching the reverse? There's no salvation in it. You can teach me all the sin you want to. Teach me all the laws you want to. All it teaches me is about sin. This is sin, you know? The law says, so if you break it, it's sin. That's all it teaches me. It doesn't provide me freedom from that sin. It doesn't provide me salvation at all. For there is no salvation in any other. When you are focused on the laws and sin, you cannot produce faith. And without faith, you can't please God. And without faith, you don't have victory. So you can begin to understand why a lot of Christians are trooping around like sheep without shepherd, looking for a man of God here, a man of God there. When they hear it's happening there, they all rush there. They they're not stable because they're not producing faith. They're not seeing victory. They're not seeing victory, and they're desperate. Because all they are being taught is preach sin so that people will not come in That is wrong. It's not true. It won't produce faith. Victorious faith comes from Christ. Faith that overcomes this world is for those who believe that Christ is the Son of God. Those who put their faith in him. Because only him provides you victory. Only him. Hebrew 2, 12 to. This, this is what we are told to do. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. When you have a book and they say, this person is the author of that book and finisher. It, you can't have, it means without him, that book doesn't exist. Without Jesus, without, no faith. He is the author of it and the finisher of it. Is the object of the Christian faith. In him shall the Gentiles trust. That's what the scripture said. And if you don't want to live in sin, or be overcome by sin, overcome by the devil, overcome by circumstances, the Bible said those who trust in him will not be put to shame. Now you can't trust in him because they are not teaching him where you go. They're not focusing on him. They're not making him the central, the central uh, 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 teaching topic. No. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Where will you get faith from to overcome? When you are talking about laws, 
seen, all of that. So you can't even see the benefits of our salvation because it is accessed only through faith. And this faith, you don't have. Why? Because all they teach is laws and sin. Laws and sin. Nothing else. David said, forget not all his benefits. But nobody teaches me the, his benefits. Nobody teaches me about him and the benefits I get. So I can believe them. None. So now, if I don't have, if I don't focus on him, and like David said, from where comes my help, he said, comes from up. If I don't focus on Christ, so that my faith develops, and I cannot access the benefits of salvation. You know what it does to me? The thing about salvation does not register in my spirit because it doesn't make sense. Because I don't experience it. So when I'm talking about it, I'm talking about it just mentally. The spiritual knowledge, I don't know. And so I'm still running around looking for man of God. Because I think that man of God is from where my salvation will come. So how do I understand salvation when the author of salvation, I don't know him? This is a major issue. Because the majority of people who go to church up to today don't understand salvation. Because they, they don't experience victory in daily life. They don't experience victory in demonic challenges. They don't experience victory over, over their flesh, their emotions. They don't. So they are talking about salvation is just on the lips. It's not real to them. Something has, you have to have an experiential knowledge to say, I know something. You can't say, I know this when you don't have experiential knowledge about it. You don't know it. That you talk about it doesn't mean you know it. What, how about flying an aircraft and the pilot said, gentlemen, I have a PhD in pilot and this is my first time. Everybody will say, can we, can we, please, thank you for the PhD. We were leaving. Because it doesn't have the experiential knowledge of this thing. Another pilot says, yes, I graduated 25 years ago. I've been flying since then. We're good. Everybody says, yeah, let's go. Let's go. You can't, you can't say you know the salvation of the Lord when you are not experiencing it. It's supposed to be a daily experience in the life of a Christian. Because salvation is the only way we live this thing. Romans 5. Because of our faith. That's reason. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Remember all his benefits. Say, because of our faith, Jesus brought us into this place where we enjoy all his benefits, being the things that accompany salvation. Can the law of Moses give me faith? Teach me about sin. Does he give me faith? The author of faith is Christ. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully 
Look forward to sharing God's glory. We're going to come to this. It's an amazing thing. This sharing God's glory. What is the glory of God that he brought us back to? We're going to look at it today and try to understand it because that will take us to understanding now how this, the things he gave us key into this glory of God. Sharing God's glory. Underline it and keep it because we're going to talk about it later. And if you all we talk is sin and the law, then we're not under grace. We're not under grace. And if you're not under grace, sin will dominate you. You can be doing gin gym. People who live with you, who are close to you, know you haven't changed. I'm not kidding. There are people who are Christians for years. They have not changed. The same anger that used to rule them before they were Christians. I mean, how long are we going to be a Christian before those things stop? How long? Didn't we have a new life? Are we, are we like? How long? People who live with them know that they are liars. Anger is, they rule them. They are sneaky. People who are close to them will tell you. I was discussing with one of my in-laws, very wonderful young boy, very rich. But he was sharing, and he said, he said, he said, he said brother, this, what you are preaching is absolute truth. He said, you know, we hired a young, a young girl who was so religious. He said, the girl would fast and fast and pray and pray. And then we said, wow, we have somebody we can trust, and we hired her. And then we started noticing that money was missing. And we said, no, it can't be this. It can't be her. And the manager said, sir, can, can I set a trap? I said, set a trap. So the manager got somebody, gave him money to come and buy something costly and told her he was leaving. So he left like he went to somewhere. So the person came and bought that thing and left. So the manager came back and asked, I said, has anybody come bought anything? He said, no. Nobody, we haven't sold anything today. So you mean nobody has bought? He said, no. That is the person fasting all the time, praying all the time, doing all the navigation, all the time. But still abiding in death. And they searched and brought the money out. And then the person that bought came and said, I bought this thing. This, this is what I bought. But then what we're discussing is serious. Very serious. It's not going to church and doing all that that counts. It's important to go to church. But what counts is this life of Christ. That's what matters. And you can't leave it. You don't, you're not going to leave it unless you have faith in Christ. Because the Bible said our faith is our victory. Because what we're dealing with is stronger than us. Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under the law. You are not talking law, law, we do this. You are not under that system. So under what system are you? But under grace. The grace of God that brings us salvation has appeared to all men. 
you, you, you have realized that there's a different system that brings me salvation, brings me deliverance from this thing, sets me, from, sets me free from it. That's the way, that's the one that can make you reign over sin. He said, because you're under grace, they remember, not, remember all his benefits. One of the benefits is that he delivered me from all destruction. But now I know, I won't talk about it. I want to talk about laws and sin. Preach to them sin. So they stop sin. Ridiculous. There's no power in that. Look at 1 Corinthians 15, 56. It is sin that gives death its thing. Sin empowers death. That's why the Bible says it's the administration of death. And the law gives sin the power. The way teaching laws, you are empowering sin. That's what you're doing. So you see, when people talk, ignorance is dangerous. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Preaching sin will empower. Preaching the law will empower sin. Sin produces death. The law empowers sin. Empowers it. There's no salvation in it. There is none in it. It doesn't save mankind from it. Galatians 5.18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. If you are led by the Holy Spirit, you can't be under the law. Because the Holy Spirit didn't come to manifest the laws of Moses. Christ didn't bring us the laws. He brought grace. The Holy Spirit came to manifest the benefits of the cross. To glorify Jesus. who is the author and finisher of our faith that gives us access to the glory of God. Gives us victory over sin. And remember, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So all that teaching people don't do this and that, sin and law, how are they going to do that? Self-will? But if you are led of the Spirit of God, as many as are led of the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. If you are going to be led of the Spirit of God, you cannot be under the law. Because the Spirit of God is going to talk about Jesus. The law empowers sin. He's not going to do that. The tragic situation is that many people are defeated. Again, because of this block that this Jesus said, the soil shows the city. He said, there's a ground that is rocky ground. That rocky ground is, 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 um, is um, doctrines, belief systems that, that is rock. There's no life in it. That people have come to imbibe and they will die for it. The word drops, the thing chokes the word. 
Look at the world. You know, when I was coming to America, I said, all these cars, they don't automatic gear. I said, I don't like it. I said, how can you drive a car? You don't change the gear. Ah, uh-uh, you've taken the phone out of the... I said, no, no, no. You change gear now, gear one, gear two, three, and then you put four. I said, you, you, hey, the, I said, I'm not going to drive this automatic, you see, mental block. Mental block. And when I came here, truly in my mind, I said, what is this? So you just start your car, you don't move your eye, you don't clutch, nothing. What kind of driving is this? Mental block. But because I didn't have any option, I was left with only automatic gear. Now I can't even drive shift. And I find this one is better. Mental block is real. And it's a serious hindrance. And I go to shop then. I want to pay. I'll calculate in Naira. I'll walk out. Hey, I say, no, it's too costly. I'm looking at them. They don't know my mind is not there. I am doing this mental conversion. I want to pay the dollar, but I'm calculating. See, it's there. Over time, I forgot my. I would want to pay something, I walk away. I say, no, 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 no. Huh? That's what I'm going to pay. I'm calculating it in what I came with. He formed that mental block. I couldn't realize the value of what I had, the benefit to me. The old thing won't go away. All these old wrong teachings about laws and things, they, they constitute very, very dangerous, serious mental block to a lot of people. And the grace of God, the word can penetrate them. Jesus said, well, not everybody can accept this. So let, let those who will accept it. I don't have time to argue with you. Those who will accept, let them accept. So to see the salvation of the Lord, we must look at the author of salvation, who is Christ Jesus himself. Again, look at what he says in Hebrews 12, too, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That is the person you look at. That's where you look at. When you focus on Jesus, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you your privileges in him. What he has done. All those benefits, you are going to see them there. In Acts 17, 28, for in him we live move and have our being. You've got to find your being, your identity. You've got to find your life, move, activity, move, live. In him. So you've got to focus to see in him what he made you to be. You have your identity. The new thing he made you to be. You can only see it in him. Not in the laws of Moses. Not in him. Philippians 3 Paul said, I want to be found in him. I want to be found in Christ. Let's remind ourselves of the divine purpose of salvation. Because that will unravel for us. That will help us understand the gifts he gave us. 
That will help us really appreciate it. So let's, let's even begin to talk about divine purpose for the salvation that God gave his son to die for. This is what God set out to achieve. Let me tell us about man that God created. First, man is God's highest creation. More than any other thing God created. Anywhere, anywhere. Man is God's highest creation. Man is God's masterpiece. More than any creature. Man is God's place of habitation. God said, I'm going to build myself a place of my habitation with my hand. It is the spirit in the man, the new creation. It's a place that God wants to live on earth here. Man is, is, is a creation of God where God wants to live and manifest his glory and express himself through man. There's no other creation that had that privilege. Man is the only creature in whom God lives. Not angels. Nothing else has the presence of God. Except us. Man is the only creature that has the image of God. Nothing else. Not angels. No other person. Only man. And look at this. Because this is going to lead us to the things he gave us. Man is the only creature that has the life of God. No other creature has it. A man is the only creature that sits with God in his heavenly place in authority. No other creature. Only man. Not even angels. Look at angels. Hebrews 1.40. Look at angels. Hebrews 1.40. Therefore, angels are only servants. They are servants. Who are they serving? Spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. If you have inherited salvation, they are here to serve you. You can't worship angels. In spiritual authority, you are hardened. They don't have God in them. They don't have, you are hardened. You are carrying men. And this is what God did in, salve, in providing heirs of salvation. It is through this salvation that God restored man to all the sins I said. All the sins. Because God desires a place to live, place of habitation. So he said, I'm going to build. Which means about that and had it. But when Christ came, he, we were created new creatures in whom God now says, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I will live in you, walk in you. This is what I have planned before. It's like I bought the house of my choice. And that salvation gave you the privilege for God to live in you. And for God's life to be in you. And that makes man the highest, highest creature of God. And not only that, man has the greatest blessing because he has God in him. He came through salvation. That's God's divine purpose in salvation. To, to, he said, I'll build myself my house. To build this house, the temple of the Holy Spirit, not made with hand, not made with my hand, human hand, which he did. 
I want a real estate on earth. And I'll build it. And I want somebody through whom my authority and my dominion will be exercised here. And that's us. That's us. And because we have his life, listen to this. Because we have his life, it gives us the privilege of sitting at the board meeting. We sit at the board meeting. Did you realize God, God, God said, he said, I'm not going to do anything unless I tell my prophets, Old Testament. Now, Jesus said, I've told you, you it is your right to know everything in this kingdom. Everything is your right. You sit at the table. You know, when, the, when a Christian understands salvation, his life will change dramatically. He will stop seeing himself as church go up in the member. When you understand divine purpose in salvation, your vision and expectations will change dramatically. You, you can begin to understand why David began to say, my, say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless him. He began to enumerate what God did in redemption. In this. He saw it coming. Let's, let's read Hebrews 2.6. Very amazing place in scripture that defines for us the divine purpose of, of salvation. Hebrews 2, 6. But one testified in a certain place saying, what is man? What is man, God, of all creations? What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? Verse 7. You have made him a little lower than What? No, that's wrong translation. Because this scripture was lifted by, from Psalm 8. Give me Psalm 8. It was Psalm 8 that was lifted. And in that Psalm 8, they say it made me a little less than God, not angels. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. It was this Psalm 8, 5, 6 that they lifted and quoted here. Can I have another translation? Quick translation is that. Yeah, um, let me, give me, that. okay, New Living Translation, Psalm 8, 5, and 6. New Living Translation. Psalm, Psalm 8, 5, and 6, New Living Translation. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor, verse 6. You gave them charge of everything you made. Putting all things under the authority. Say, what, what is man? You, you gave him all this kind of thing? A little lower than God? That's why they quoted in this, in this. Let's go back to Hebrew. Now we have proper translation. Hebrew chapter 2, verses, verse 7. You have made him a little lower than angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor. Is it not the Psalm 8 they were quoting there? It's Psalm 8, they lifted. If you read the New Testament, you find that they are quoting the Old Testament. Paul said, I don't preach anything except what the prophet said. You quote. When Jesus came, he was quoting scripture. When John the Baptist said, Are you here that comment or not? He quoted Isaiah. 
I think it was Isaiah 35, 46. He quoted it. He said, go and tell him. The blind are saying, this is happening. This is happening. That's what God said will happen. It's happening. Jesus said, I don't give my testimony. My father speaks. So it is this Psalm 8, 5 like this. They put it. They, they brought and put it. So we can rightly on good ground say that it, what it means is you, you made him a little lower than God. A little lower than God. He said, what is man that you made him this? And not only that, you have crowned him with glory and honor. Remember what we said? Salvation brings us to the glory. They crowned him with glory and honor. Set him over the works of your hands. Continue. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. Psalm 8, 5 and 6 say the same. For in that he put all things subjected under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. With nothing. Verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than angels, for the suffering of death, because he died as a criminal. He died for our sins. He said you made him a little less than angels for his suffering of death. He now crowned with glory and honor. I want you to see where this thing is going. He said you took man, crowned him with glory and honor. We see Jesus, you're crowned him with glory and honor. Follow me. We're going somewhere. You're crowned him with glory and honor. That he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Verse 10. For it was fitting for him, Jesus, for whom all things, for, for whom are all things, about whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory. Watch the word glory being restored to glory. You gave God, Jesus glory. You brought through salvation, you brought man to the same glory that Jesus had. I don't know if you catch what he's saying. You gave Jesus the glory. You brought man to share in that glory. You, he said, what is man that you made him a little Lord than God? You have lifted him and exalted him, sitting with you in authority over everything. It's not just going to church. This is what the Holy Spirit is teaching. Salvation is about. To make the captain of their salvation, you see, the captain of our salvation, perfect through suffering. Continue verse 11. Verse 11, right? For both he who sanctifies, who is that that sanctifies? Christ. And those who are being sanctified are all what? Man. He said, you, you, we saw Jesus. We made him a little like the angel, but because of the bit, you have now given him glory and honor. He said, but man, you took man and gave him glory and honor. And he said, no, you brought him and made him one with Christ. He said, the one that sanctifies, those who are being sanctified, you brought them and made them one. What does scripture say? He that is joined to Christ is one spirit. That the, the, the mystery of salvation is that God came and joined himself to us, to Christ. God, through Christ, joined himself to man. 
You say, what is man? You gave him all this? If you read that thing again, you see where I said, remember I said, there one verse we read, I said, mark that place because we're going to talk of this glory. You've fallen short of the glory of God. Then Christ Jesus, he brought you to that glory. You know what that glory is? It's to share the life of God. It's to be in, to share the life of God. Because that life of God transcends you to where God is seated so you can share fellowship with him. A dog cannot be in the boardroom. I don't care how you love your dog. It doesn't have the life of man. The only person who can be in the boardroom are people who have the same life like you. The only people who can be in God's boardroom is those people who have his life. We have his life. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. He said, for both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all one. For which reason he is not ashamed now to call them brethren. Amen. He said, you are my brethren. I go to my father and to your father. You become one with me. You are, you are joined here. Go here with me. Whatever I have is shared. My glory is yours. Become one. Salvation should be understood. It's not a shame to call them brethren. Continue. Saying, I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assemble, I will sing praise to you. Wherever salvation is mentioned, praise comes. Start the whole Bible. It elicits praise because of this great thing that God did. David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul. Oh, he said, forget not all his benefits. Here we talked about it. He said, I will sing praise for you have made me one with them. They are my brethren. I'm not ashamed to call them my brethren. They are sharing in my glory. You brought them back to glory. They have the life of God. They have the spirit of God living in them. They have my life. My spirit is united with them. We are one. Praise the Lord. Are, are, we, are you following me? One, one. Ah, and David said, the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear? <laughs> I'm one with him. Of whom shall I fear? Of whom shall I fear? Somebody called Paul. Very dangerous snake. Beat into his hand. Paul didn't pray. He didn't bind Satan. He didn't shout. He didn't ask for prayer requests. He did not. Because when that thing beat into him, Paul knew his unity with God. He knew that that thing beat into power of God. Even if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. Why? You are one with Christ. You are in glory with him. All those powers are fabulous. Very fabulous. Salvation is great. Wherever people understand it, the next thing you hear them do is praise.
1 Corinthians 6, 16. What? Know you not that he which is joined to and hallowed is one body? For two, shall, for two say they shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord has become one spirit with him. He that sanctified and those being sanctified have become one. God, what is man? What is man? What is a man and the son of man? That you did this to him? You made him a little less than God. In fact, message said that he, he missed being God by a little. <laughs> he does have a little. You gave him what nobody has. That's God's divine purpose for salvation. To lift you to a place where you are a little less than God. So that through you, he will show forth his glory. That's why we are his ambassadors. The implication of this joining is now we have life. You know, that's what I'm saying. You can say to people, you know, Jesus gave us life. You need to go and do the background and bring us to why, where this life is coming from and what it means. Because now I'm joined to Christ. It's automatic that his life is flowing through me. Simple implication is that his life is flowing through me. So that's why we say he came that you will have life and have it what? More abundant. His life Faith John 5.11 And the testimony is this That God has given us eternal life And this life is in his son In his son So when I'm joined to his, to his son Obviously the life of his son Is now flowing into my spirit So he said this life is in his son He who has the son has the life He who does not have the son Does not have the life John 5.26 For as the father had life in himself, so he had granted the son to have life in himself. The same life that the father had, the son had, is what you have. What is man that thou art what? Mindful of him. That you made him a little less than God. That's what salvation came to you. Let us make man in our own image and give him dominion. So he will act like God. So the man they made was acting like God. He knew everything. The man that was sleeping saw a woman say, yeah, I know where you came from. That's God's purpose for man. I know where you came from. You came from my boat. Even though I was sleeping, I act like God. I know where you came from. Adam, what is this? He says, good. What is this snake? What is this one? Is this? All the creation knew their names. That's what God wants to return us to in Christ. So we act like it. Be imitators of what? Of God. So you made him a little. Less than God. He's almost God. He's acting like you. What is man? What is man that he knows things by his spirit that people don't know? What is man? He's acting like you. 
imitators of God is act like God. If God doesn't make us to be like him, how can we act like him? And they say you shall decree a thing, it shall be established. Whatever things you bind on it, it's done. If you lose it, whatever things. Act like God. That's the purpose of God. So that through man, God can express his glory here, his power here, his love here. This is a promise that God made. 2 Timothy 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of life in Christ Jesus. God said, I'm going to give men my life. I'm going to give them myself. I'm going to give them my life. So they act like me. What is man? You made him a little. Just little. God and God. A little. And because of that life of God in us, that's what gave us this thing. In Colossians 3, 4, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in the same glory. The life of Christ flowing in me elevates me to where he is. Elevates me to act like him. You know, you... You act, they say you are like your father. Why? Because the seed of your father is in you. This is what God has planned. God has always wanted a place of habitation from where he will manifest his glory. He made us like, he made us for it. And through Christ Jesus, he made it possible. Ephesians 2.10 for we are God's masterpiece. Talk of masterpiece. That temple he built, Solomon's temple is nothing. Nothing. Because Solomon's temple was built by men. He said, this one I'm going to build is not by men. It's my hand. And the Holy Spirit said, that is God's masterpiece. You know who he's talking about? You. I told you that God, man is God's greatest creation. Nothing is more. Can you imagine that man sits here and goes to the moon? Tell me what they have not overcome. He goes to the moon, comes back. Everything. You eat breakfast in, in, in New York. You eat dinner in Lagos. God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do now the good things he planned for us long ago. In Ephesians 4.24, put on your new nature created to be like God. What is man? You made him a little lower than God. Created him to be like God. To be like God. To be like God. Truly righteous and holy. 
That's what salvation brought us. That's the purpose of God. Ephesians 2.6 For he raised us up with, from the dead along with Christ, seated us with him. The one that sanctifies and those he sanctifies are one. So now wherever the one that sanctifies the city, that's where the ones he sanctifies are seated. That one. So he said, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us in, with him in heavenly realm because we are united with Christ. We are the boardroom. United with him. That's why prayer should not be a struggle. Prayer need not be a struggle. Because you are in the boardroom already. You are where it's happening. You have a seat. You are where it matters most. You are not a stranger. You are seated with Christ there in heavenly places where it matters. When you don't know this thing, we think that prayer is a, you, you need to pray and they convince God to look. And they, they talk all this, you know, say, God, remember me. I'm sitting there at the bottom. <laughs> remember what? I'm right there at the bottom. I am right there sitting with Christ at the bottom. I'm there. God said that you, you are written in the palm of my hand. I, never forget, I will never forget you. And somebody say, God, remember me. That's, that is, I don't even know what to talk about, how to start talking. We are sitting with Christ in heavenly places. We are in the boardroom. The Bible says we have access to him. We are in the boardroom. Praise the Lord. You, 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 you check some prayers. I'm looking at the prayer of, of, of uh, this man they call Moses. Didn't this man's sister became lepers? This man said to God, he said, he said, I beseech you, O Lord, heal her. That's all. I beseech thee, O Lord. You know, when we read about Moses talking to God face to face, and God said to Moses, I made you God to, to what? Aaron. You think, you, you think it's awesome? Do you know God gave you something better than that? Say, my sheep hear my what? God talks to you also. Because in Christ, you behold his face. Behold. He said, said, beholding him, we are transformed from glory to glory. Beholding him. You don't see him physically, but you see him in scripture. Am I making sense? Huh? Ephesians 1.20 that, that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand. That's where we're in the heavenly realm. That's why I'm talking that that's where you are. As I'm talking, that's where we're seated. But we know what the purpose of salvation and what it has bestowed on us because we have we are one with Christ his life is in us he lives in us 
Where he is is where we are. He said, where I am, that's where my ship will be. And we need to understand that Christ is the source of our life. The law is not the source of life. Christ is the source of life. Christ in you is the source of life itself. Jesus is the source of life itself. He said to them, he said, I'm the resurrection. I'm the source of life. Because it's God. So when you have Christ in you, you have the source of life flowing from Christ into you. Look at Romans 7, 6. It says, this is TPT. But now that we have been fully released from the power of the law, we are dead to what once controlled us. And our lives are no longer motivated by the obsolete way of following the written code so that now we may serve God by living in the freshness of a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. This new life surges from Christ to you like electrical current. It surges from Christ to you, not in small trickles. And it's because of this new life that surges. Did I miss something? Yeah. The surges through us that we're able to bear fruit. That's how you're able to bear fruit. Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branch. My life surges through the branch. And he said, because of that, the branch is able to bear fruit. He said, but if you cut it off from me, it will not bear fruit. It will die waste of time. The life of Christ in you surges through your body, surges through you. And that's why you're able to bear fruit. In John 15, 5, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burnt. First John 1, we proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen, we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hand. He is the word of life. Verse 2. This one who is life itself. Life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim that to you that he is the one who is eternal life himself. He is the source of life. When you have Jesus, you have the source of eternal life. He's flowing. It's eternal. The Bible calls it the power of endless life. In John 6, 35, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. What does it mean? So I'm the source of life. Just like bread gives life to your natural body, I give life to your spiritual body. I'm the bread of life. Metaphor. And in John 10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal, um, steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life. And they have it, and that they might have it more abundantly. <clears throat> John 5 39. You cite the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. He said, There is no other source of life except me. 
There is no other source of life. That's why dwelling on the law and sin is a waste of time. It's not source of life. He said, you, search, think, you think you have eternal life. They, are, they quit testify of me. Why? 40. And you will not come to me that you may have life. I'm the source of life. Jesus is the source of life. If you have him, he's searching in you. And the scripture says, because of that search, that search, that's why we bear fruit. The reason the branch bears fruit is because there is life from the vine that's flowing through it. He gave us life. It's because he gave us life that we can bear fruit. If we don't have that life, we remain in death. Let me read it again, Romans 7. Romans 7, verse 6. But now that we have been fully released from the power of the law, we are dead to what once controlled us. And our lives are no longer motivated by the obsolete way of following the written code, so that now we may serve God by, the, by living in the freshness of a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is this new life that makes us bear fruit unto good works. It is this new life that surges through you, that produces that new life, that good works in you. He said, I'm the one at work in you to will and to do the will of God. Can you put Romans 7 verse, verse 7? Romans 7 verse 7. So, what shall I say about all of I am suggesting that the law is, no, no, no. Did I read verse 6? Yeah, it's verse 6 I read now. It's verse 6 I read now. So what we're saying is that this new life that we'll have is the reason that we bear fruit. There's no other reason you bear fruit. Verse, what about verse 5? Romans 7 verse 5. Put it back, verse 5. When we were merely living natural lives, the Lord through, through defining sin actually awakened sin desire within us, which resulted in bearing fruit to death. But verse 6, but now that we have fully, we have been fully released from the power of the law, we are dead to what once controlled us, and our lives are no longer motivated by those obsolete ways of following the written code, so that now we may serve God by living in the freshness of a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, that's what I wanted to bring out. That when we didn't have Christ, we couldn't bear fruit. But now he's living in us. It is that life in you that makes you bear good fruit. That makes you produce good works. That's, what, that's the reason. It's not because of law. It's not because of this. It's because Christ in you is the only hope of uh, glory. It's that life he gave us. So you cannot begin to understand why those under the law cannot overcome sin. Because it's only under the grace that you are walking in the freshness of this new life that the Holy Spirit powers through you. So you can bear fruit unto righteousness. So let's continue where we stopped. Now, Jesus compared his ministry with that of Moses. 
Matthew 23 to saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' city. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their words, for they say and do not. Look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, For they bind heavy burdens, hard to bear, and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. Jesus is saying, these people are teaching the laws of Moses. He said, whatever they teach you, do, but don't copy them because they teach you, but they don't do. You know why? Because he said, what they are teaching you is heavy for you to bear. They themselves can't do it, but they put it on you. He's telling them that if you follow the law, it's too heavy, you can't bear it. And Peter said the same thing, Acts 15, 10. Now, therefore, why tempt you God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear? That's what Jesus is saying. He said, these people sit on Moses' seat, they're teaching you the laws. But those laws are heavy to bear because you can't bear them. I'm the source of life. Without me, you can't do anything. See, what they're giving you, you can't handle it. They themselves can't handle it. And Peter said, yes, we and our fathers could not. Couldn't do that. Why? Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. They couldn't do that. And Jesus came and said, now here is my ministry. Matthew eleven thirty. For my yoke is easy, my body is light. I don't put yoke, I don't put body. Actually, I came to take away that body from you. He said, all you people that are heavily laden, you can come to me. I will give you what? Give you rest. Then in Mark 5, 36. He told us all he required from us. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the snake, be not afraid, only believe. Don't put your coin. Just believe the gospel. Believe your salvation. You see it manifest. John eleven forty. Jesus said unto her, say I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, then you see the glory of God in full manifestation. I didn't come to put burden on you. All you need to do is believe these things and they manifest for you. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Our precious Father, we just want to thank you and give you praise and glory for showing us these things about our salvation. The marvelous work you did, the great work you did to take away the burden of living we don't bear fruit because we struggle. Fruit bearing is as a result of your life in us. You said you didn't come to give us burden. No. You came to take it away. You came to give us your life so that what we couldn't do, we cannot do by your strength. You came to lift us to be with you in heavenly places to be in the place where no angel can come, no creature can come, only us and you and God in the ballroom of God. That all the secrets of the kingdom is our right to know them. Nothing is hidden from us. We are the sons of that kingdom. He pleased you to give us the keys of that kingdom to open, close, operate it, because we should live like God. You made us a little lower than God. So we can live like God here on earth. The scripture says, for ye are God's. A marvelous revelation. Salvation is really, really great.
whatever is understood, praise rings out. Thank you for teaching us that you gave us life. And that life lifted us up to be with you. You gave us life. That life produces good fruit. There are other things that that life does, which we're going to look at again next week. But thank you for introducing us to that. The things you have given us, you gave us life. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.